Welcome to the Pharma Sales and Tech Podcast. Join Artem, Stefan, Ruslan, and Chris as we explore the latest trends and developments in the pharmaceutical industry with a focus on sales and technology. From cutting-edge innovations to practical tips and strategies, our expert guests will provide valuable insights to help you stay ahead of the game. Tune in to stay informed, inspired, and connected with the world of pharma sales. Hello, Gareth. Nice to meet you here. I'm Stefan. I am the marketing lead for Platforms, and, and here with me is Gareth Shaw from Duck Air. Welcome, Gareth. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Hello, Stefan. Thank you very much for having me. Excited to be here. Well, the pleasure is definitely mine. Gareth, if you could give us a bit of intro about yourself, what would you like us to know? Okay, I'm Gareth. I am the general manager for demand side relationships at Docair. And we are a programmatic marketing platform specifically built from the ground up to service sort of pharma and the life science industry. And before I did that, I worked at another sort of advertising technology company got me into the pharma industry. So I've been in pharma for about six years. And then prior to that, my career was in digital media and advertising technology on the consumer side. So I came into pharma, mainly looking at the US market, even though I'm based in the UK. And then my current role at Duck Air, we're a global business. So now looking at solutions for pharma sales and marketers across the globe and how we can help them digitally. Amazing. So you're helping pharma on the marketing side, I would say, right? Okay. But marketing leads sales. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Those two things aren't working together. I, don't, I think you're missing a trick. Yeah. In many, in many industries, I'm seeing that such as rev ops, revenue operations come alive. Well, you would say an alignment between marketing and sales. Then you have people in there who are not quite marketers, but not quite on salespeople. So they're like working together. I hope will get to a level where we're going to have rev ops as well. I think they're slowly getting there. I think there's some really cool, innovative companies out there sort of educating and driving change. And I also think there's a lot of smart people out there at some of the companies. Something I've noticed, which is an interesting trend, is if you look at some of the bigger pharma companies that have, you know, have an RX side to their business, like a professional side, but they also have a consumer over the counter side. A lot of the marketing seed on that consumer side is much more educated on the power of sort of digital and omnichannel and using all the tools and technologies that are out there. And they're starting to cross-pollinate and pull people across now. I think there's a lot of education. If you gave me a magic wand and said, what do I wish for? I'd wish I could just educate the entire market very quickly. But I'm starting to see some sort of green shoots, particularly in larger brands where people have, have come from a consumer side of the business. Well, listen to you, I'm actually wondering whether, have you seen any successful innovation on sales or marketing strategy being implemented maybe quite recently in the pharma? Maybe you've done it or you've seen other people do it, other companies? That's a great question. Yeah. So, you know, we, as a business, we were born out of the pandemic. So I'll just give you a sort of little bit of background into where we sort of came from, and then I'll jump into sort of answering that question. Our founder, Chapman Harshit Jane, he's medically qualified doctor, practiced medicine for a few years in, in the US. He then sort of quit medicine because he wanted to have a bigger impact than just being one sort of doctor on how he could do things. And he founded a couple of different startups, did pretty well uh, with those startups, learned a lot of stuff, 
then he kind of sort of became a game keeper turned poker. He went agents inside. So he worked for McCann Health in a number of roles. He ran their Indian business. He did some innovation stuff out in London, and then he finished his career over there in the US. And that was really when he was partnering with brands to help them with their sales, you know, their marketing and their sales and marketing efforts. And he got incredibly frustrated about, you know, everyone knew they needed to do digital, but it was kind of like a box ticket exercise. Yes, I've got a marketing budget. I'll put some of my budget towards marketing digitally. And I've ticked that box and, you know, what I'll do is I'll find one of the big platforms out there, whether it's journal or an education site, whatever it is, but just you know, a couple of big platforms in isolation, give them some money and they'll send me a nice report. And the more money I spend, the bigger, the nicer the report I'll get at the end of it. They'll act because I'm doing digital. And when he was at McCann, McCann obviously has a big consumer arm, a bigger consumer arm than the, the HCP arm. And he could see everything that was going on the consumer side with the advent of programmatic technology, you know, harnessing data, going away from this block buying, like you would buy adverts in a magazine you know, to buy on an ad per ad basis using sort of machine learning and, and artificial intelligence to, to make sure that the ad that show really resonates with the user. So that was the brainchild for him to sort of create Docker. So he came out, McKenna said, the way digital is being done, you know, it's how digital was done sort of 10, 16, almost 20 years ago in the consumer side of the business, it's massively inefficient and it just isn't taking advantage of you know, the technology is out there and the results that technology can drive, not just in terms of ROI and things like that, but just audience engagement, maybe getting a better relationship with the end user through using digital channels. The physicians out there are getting more and more time for, they're getting less and less likely to say that they've got the time to see a rep. And a lot of them are saying they don't want to see reps anymore. I'm not saying the sales rep is dead, but the amount of face time a sales rep can get with a physician. You know, it's getting a lot smaller. And then contrast that with how much time does a physician in front of, spend in front of a screen? I'm not just talking about whether they're doing continual medical education modules or reading up on journals. They could be doing telemedicine appointments. They could be doing patient intake in an electronic health record, or they could be spending time in the prescribing app. There's just so much screen time. So we call that screen time the digital journey. And we're trying to turn that into a sort of patchwork quilt of all these different touch points and pulling it together. And the old way was, I'll spend a lot of money with this journal because they write about what I'm in about. But that doctor might go, your audience might go there once a month and read it. And it's highly concentrated and you're not sort of been able to build a nice reach and frequency curve. You know, like you think about traditional advertising, you want to mm -hmm. send a message, then reinforce it over time. We weren't, you weren't able to do that. So our platform really pulls all these different touch points together, this digital journey. And then we use machine learning and AI to make sure that we're showing the right message to the right person in the right context at the right time in a very coordinated fashion. And then we can back that back to behavioral lift, attitudinal changing, script lifting some markets and things like that. So we, that was the sort of brainchild for where we came from. And I will, I will ask you a question. So and we were born out of the pandemic. So you, Horsey had the idea about having the company before COVID hit, but just as we were setting up and going live, COVID came along. It kind of like, hey, you know, doctors are getting time for, they don't want to see reps as much and digital should be a bigger power of what you're doing. And here's all the evidence from how it works for consumer marketing, even B2B marketing in other industries to being, well, actually now the reps can't grounded. They can't see the doctors like they used to. And we had a couple of case studies we launched in, in the Indian market before we came to the US. I can't remember, 
Let's the go to the case studies. I'm really interested in the case studies. So we had a couple where they were in the heart of lockdown, where the brands, where they would normally launch, we'd have a big sort of like rep, field reps go out there and with all their pamphlets and educational stuff. They just did it all digitally. And we ran a couple of those campaigns in the Indian market pretty successfully. You know, and that really was a very big win for us early on because the best way, this hybrid approach now, the reps are back, conferences are back, but omnichannel marketing in a coordinated way with your sales efforts is the best way to do things. But in the absence of being able to use rep, we saw very early success that you could do everything digitally. And now if you take the power of offline and online and coordinate them, you'll see even better results. Gareth, how about these two cases? These cases in, on the Indian market, there's no, I know that remote calls were very popular in India, especially in the COVID times now as well. Can you tell me more about like the case studies you had there and like, what did you guys do? What did you guys achieve? Of course, if you can disclose any of those numbers. Yeah, I, I'm not, at the top of my head, I can't give you like numbers and things like that, but basically, you know, what we would do is we, we sat down with the brand and it was like, who is Who's the intended audience this? Who would the reps be seeing? What we were able to do is target by, by specialization. So which specialities are going to be using and prescribing this medication? And we were able to then go and target them across their digital journey. So we were looking at what are the medical journals these particular professions would read. Within those medical journals, what's the best content to put this against? What's the best time of day where they're in those journals? Which education sites they use, which peer-to-peer networking sites they use, which medical associations might they be members of and then visit those websites. We had all those points on that side. And then also we were looking at things like email marketing, so our platform supports email as well as sort of traditional display. And then what sort of point of care were they using? So we were pulled all that together and then we were able to go out and push that message across there. But as I say, it wasn't just carpet bomb and just put those messages everywhere we could and see what stuck. It was, well, how can we be very targeted to make sure we're not overexposing a particular, we don't want to burn through all the budget showing a particular doctor 10 ads a day for a week. We want to make sure those ads are coming in in the right place at the right time to pique that interest, to get that engagement. So that was the kind of strategy, how we set the campaign up. And then in terms of the feedback we got from the brands, they had a budget that they spent on that activity. They wanted to see us take in terms of prescriptions. And we were able to illustrate by taking that technique that they were able to hit their sort of return on ad spend goal for that market activity that would have been rep-based pre-pandemic. Good question. So how did you have any alignment with their sales team? Did you know how did it happen, the handover? And how did they attribute all of the success to your campaign? Do you, so you tell us about that? So the specific example that I'm talking about now, they just did it all through digital channels. They were like, right, the pandemic's hit, let's do it all through digital. In the US market, we do a lot of work with brands where we'll do some MPI targeting and then we'll go through to sort of script lift analysis. So in the US, obviously every physician has their MPI and the way the US market is regulated, you can do one-to-one targeting. So it's very common in the US for a brand to come to us and say, you know, I've got a new molecule, I want to target a cardiologist. Won't necessarily be able to target cardiologists, but here is a list of all the MPI numbers I want to target. 
who are cardiologists. Now, some of those may be MPI numbers where I have a relationship with, and I might want to show those guys this message. Some of them might be people where I don't have a relationship, so I want to show them a different message. So we're able to do this one-to-one targeting and show a message based on the relationship or that the brand already has. And then what we're able to do in the US as well is back that back to what we call MPI reporting. So we might run some activity. And at the end of that activity, through various sort of periods, you know, it could be weekly, monthly, we could say, well, hey, you wanted to hit 20,000 MPIs. This week we hit 18,000 of the 20. And these are the ones we hit and how we hit them. And then we can look at the skip list. So how many at the expo and what we'll do is we'll create an, a small test group that don't see any of our, our activity. And then we have an expose group. And we'll look at how did our exposed group react to the messenger versus the test group in terms of total prescriptions, new to brand prescriptions, et cetera. And we can really start breaking it down. And because it's that one-to-one level, we can really tie in with what that brand's doing in terms of their brand and other things. Gotcha. Do you ever work with the customer sales team or it's always marketing that you're dealing with? I would say we always work with the marketing arm. Some of the brands are more linked up in terms of marketing and sales and some are quite separate, but yeah, usually marketing and in some instances we'll work with the agent, the brand agency that they've appointed to run their, their digital activities. So real mixture. US is reasonably agency heavy market. India and the emerging markets are more brand. The brands lead things there and we do a little bit of work with their agency if the brand wants to lead it in. And then Europe is a little bit of a mix of both. Okay. To be honest, I'm still interested. Like, how do you stay up with the innovation in marketing field when it comes to like new tools, new approaches? Yes, that's a great question. And if you can let me know any ways that you do it, I'd be very interested in hearing either way. But really it's a case of, you know, we've taken technology from a different field and like, how can that, how does that do its job? In consumer or other B2B sectors. And then we built it from the ground up the work for pharma. You know, pharma very regulated, very risk averse. It's not, I know finance is regulated as well, but not to the extent that pharma is. So what we've done is taken the constraints that we know around pharma mm-hmm. marks. And then we've taken the technology that we know about. And our company really is a mixture of people like myself with some pharma expertise that have come from consumer side. And then some people who've grown up completely few farm and pulled them together and say, right, constraint breeds innovation. What do we know about the constraints and the legal framework or the regulatory framework we need to work in here? And then what do we know mm-hmm. about technology? And let's overlay those two and not try and take a technology from the consumer side or a different industry and say, make it work for farmer. Let's build it from the ground up. So that was how we sort of originally came in, but stayed up to date with things. It's a mixture of really talking. You know, talking to our clients, talking to other vendors, I find again, from the, uh, just off the back of the pandemic, there's lots of different, you know, meetups is a great website and they do all these different meetup groups. I remember in the UK, there's the PM society and there's various different Mm -hmm. groups and things like that. I think across the company, we all try and be involved in as many of these kind of little industry groups as we can do and mix that in with attending events and just listen to what's out there and how are other people attacking things. And I think a real area sort of innovation, particularly for digital, is about joining different things up. We're very good at what we do. Other people are very good at what we do. Is the synergy between the two things. And I think that's going to be a really exciting thing over the next few years is omnichannel is the buzzword right now for pharma marketing. And I think is different solution, different 
vendors and solution providers get introduced to, to their counterparts, not competitors, but their counterparts within those omnichannel plans, I think there's going to be a lot of ability to do tie-ups. So just do more coordinated marketing activities that just is better for the brand, but fundamentally better for the HCB, better for the user experience, because that's what it's all about. If you don't build your sales and marketing asset around what the HCP needs and their expectation and building them a great experience, both offline and online, you're going to piss them off over time. They're not going to, you want to really help them, give them the tools and information where they can do their job better in a way that they don't feel is encroaching on their privacy. Time. So on our mm-hmm. side, I believe in the power of digital, but I also believe in the power of like physical meetings and since Corona is over, you know, well, Sort of, you don't have the demand for like remote calls and such functionality, at least on our side has decreased, but still people still want to meet other people, you know, like, and they want to scale. So in this case, we are a company and part of the strategy that I'm seeing not only me, but many influencers and talk about is basically like the power of relationships in pharma, because looking into pharma, you won't see millions of companies. The pharma world is quite small, right? So you have maybe the top tier companies and then you have mid tiers and you have Small, smaller companies. And eventually you will, after two or three years, four years, you will eventually get to know everyone, more or less, who is in the pharma market, who is a big mid-sized player. So eventually it's about building the relationship, building a good link between you and your clients. At least for us, let's course, my goal is like not just to have a good impression of the person. And like when we sell, we have this strategy that we try to co-create content with our target market, with HCPs. Something that's why we actually started this podcast because People want to learn how, for example, your solution, your programmatic solution will help them reach scale, more doctors, right? And this is one, again, we can use a lot of buzzwords, omnichannel and sales efficiency and so on, but it's all at the very basis of the human relationship and you're building your customers. I couldn't agree with that more. You know, we've built a great technology. It's very good at what it does, but fundamentally it is tool and it's a tool for a person to use, you know, and people do business with people. Technology is an enabler and an efficiency driver, but I, I always like to think it's like you do, whether it's service, but you create something for a particular audience or person to do a job for them. And, you know, if you understand what is the thing they're trying to achieve, you can then do a really good job of packaging your solution. Because I find often, you know, I said earlier about magic wand that educate the market. I find often we're not, we're not into this and I think every company isn't immune to it but if you go in looking at things the lens I got this great piece of technology it does this the way you talk about it isn't the same language or the same you're not talking about the same job that the person wants to do you need to understand that relationship you know that personally the side or that collection of people or what they want to achieve with it and then you need to make sure that you wrap your solution in that language and use case for them couldn't agree more with that. As I say, yeah, we've built a tool that's an enabler and an efficiency driver, but it's for actual people. And by listening to those people and understanding that, we can make sure that our tool is the best tool for that job. Because every engagement you have with, with HCPs is quite expensive. Like their attention is very expensive because they are marketed from all the other parts, online, offline, and so on. So you have to be very precise with your messaging and you have to know your what your HCPs are looking for very well. So you need to know your market very well. So when people come to, for example, to platforms, 
It happens very often that they actually don't know what they want. And I'm saying that whenever someone is looking for like innovation or a, a new tools that can be built out for them, it's really important to understand what the tool can achieve for them. And what is the attribution wise? What are you looking for in terms of like revenue, like in attribution wise, KPIs, what are the KPIs you're following when it comes to your sales efforts? And how do we want to get there? Because we all know that you sell to pharma, I sell to pharma, right? We are both in pharma anyway. So we know that the sales cycle in pharma is long. It could be like six months, a year, right? So eventually it's not the one we're talking about multi-channel here, omni-channel. Like I'm going to close this demo right away and like it never happened. So you have to build all these steps across different channels and across events, physical meetings, other like webinars and so on. You have to build all that sales funnel. And in this way, like marketing and sales have to work like hand in hand in order to achieve all those goals and to bring in the revenue for your platform. Would you, would you agree with that? And how do you do this in your company? Do you measure somehow all these interactions? No, well, definitely. Yeah, we like any good sort of tech organization, we have our CRM system, we have our sort of funnel and our pipeline, you know, make sure, like I said, you come down to, I don't think you mentioned it, there's not that many companies out. The companies are quite vast in terms of how many people work there, but the number of people you need to actually interact with for what you do is quite small. So it comes out to understand the audience, make sure you're engaging with the right people and you're talking their language and solving their problems and not just going in and talking about what you you guys do. And there's an extension of that, I think, and then we need to take that and then evangelize that with the people we're talking to, because if the HCPs are their client, they're trying to do the same thing. And as you were sort of running through that, a really cool use case and case study sort of popped into my head, again, for the US, but in the US, we know for a fact that a lot of the big file brands, they have a lot of coupons, company cards, they're doing their annual planning or their budgets and things like that. And they all say, right, cool, we'll do all these coupons and copay cards, we'll push that out. And what we'll do is that will give us more market share. It will get us out into the market and we'll write off that as a discount and it's all fine. And, and we know that sort of 80, 90% of those coupons and copay cards don't get used. You know, they don't get used and then the sales or other descriptions don't get properly fulfilled or properly taken as a direct result of that. And we believe one of the main forces for that is traditionally those coupons and cards be sent to an office, they'd get to a particular person, they'd be in one office and the physician is in a different room with a patient going through the sort of patient intake, diagnosis, treatment, et cetera. And it's like, here you go, here's prescription. And those coup physical coupons were never in the right place at the right time to be used mm, now. Okay. One of the use cases we're using now is we're doing it. We have a lot of partnerships for electronic health records whereby, and we get a lot of, because we're a real-time technology, we're based on data, things like that. We get a lot of signals. So if a physician's doing patient intake, we're not inside HIPAA or anything like that. We're not, we're fully HIPAA compliant. We're not taking any patient data or that, but we'll know that the physician in an electronic health record, they're doing patient intake and we'll get various signals up and they may order a test or diagnose something or prescribe something, all those codes are sent to us. We see them in real time. We go, you just described X. And we know there's a coupon for X if the patient is insured by whoever. So the physician is prescribing the medication they think will get the best outcome for the patient. Mm -hmm. And they know if the patient doesn't have to pay or pay as much, they're more likely to fulfill the prescription. They're more likely to take it as prescribed and renew it. And get the outcome the physician is after. The brand, you know, as wants to get their molecule out there, they've issued the copay card, it's there, they want to get it done. So we're able to then 
as they're prescribing, you know, stick a message like there is a coupon or a copay card. You can attach this description. Shows up. Oh, amazing. Click, put it onto the description. The patient is happy because they're not having to pay for the medication. The physician is really happy because they know there's a much higher, higher chance of adherence to that prescription because there's less financial penalty. And the brand's happy as well, because that's exactly what happened. That's why they created that coupon. So programmatic technology, previously that couldn't happen. You know, it, now, because everything's digital, everything's real time and the power of technology and algorithms and things like we're able to surface that at the point of care, point of treatment right there. It's like, boom, it happens. And that's a private example of how our technology can service the brand the physician and the patient in one file swoop. And it's super exciting when you think about the opportunities that are coming along. And then when you look so quickly, technology grows and data and things like that. That's just what we're doing now. But think about what we could be doing in a couple of years. Sorry, and that's, I think, important because sales leaders and marketing leaders for pharma, they want to be able to test different messaging, right? So because you have live information, you have data out there, you have analytics, which is live. You can obviously see what messaging turned out and what yeah. messaging your HCPs love more, right? So it sells efficiency again. You can like change, just change the wording, change the messaging, and you'll get better results, right? So you can yeah. continue working on that conversion. Yeah. So for us, AB testing different messages is bread and butter. It's incredibly easy. It's all, we can give that insight back. It's not the old world of digital might be you run a campaign, it's a three month campaign. After the campaign, you get a nice report and you dig into it, we can give real-time data back in terms of like real-time, hourly, daily, things like that. If you wanted to run a campaign with different creatives, within a week of that campaign going live, we can give you actionable insight into what's resonating with which audience group. And then we can adapt that or our technology, our algorithms can adapt that into the campaign. But also we can feed that back to the team that we're working with. It's say, like, well, if we had more messaging like this, let's iterate on that, you know, and things like sequential messaging and things like that. It's, all super easy now because the technology is just there. So that style of A-B testing and feeding that actionable insight back to brands where they can harness it and exploit it for that same campaign and not, oh, that's great. I'll take it into my next planning cycle for next year. Doesn't it? In our industry now, it doesn't really exist. If you work with the right partner, you can do things that we said months within days and weeks. Amazing. Gareth, thank you so much. Yeah, don't have any questions. It was a great episode. We actually uncovered a few tips and tricks. I've learned also how programmatic can help sales leaders basically get more data, come with better messaging and A-B test messages and be more effective with their sales and, and marketing. And I hope Pharma leaders listen to us and they will use some of your technology. Nice, no, but next question, but thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed the chat. Yeah, if any of the listeners are interested in learning more about Docker or just programmatic in general. You know, I'm on easy to find on LinkedIn. Keep the message, be more than happy to chat generically or specifically, whatever people are interested in. Thank you, Gareth.